Hi, and welcome to Comchurch Talks. This is our sermon of the day. We pray that it will be a real blessing to you. I know you'll be encouraged, challenged, and uplifted by the talk that you're about to hear. Thank you, God. Yes, Holy Spirit, right now we just pray. We'll just become more aware of your presence. We'll become more aware of what it is that you're doing in and through us and around us. Just right now, we just open our hearts and we just say, Holy Spirit, just come. Holy Spirit, just come. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. A junior church on their way out. Have an amazing time. Sorry, guys, I thought you'd already gone. Thank you, Lord. Children, be blessed in Jesus' name. Have an amazing time. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the fullness of your goodness. That's our cry. That's our prayer this morning. Amen. You know, we're going into a series between now and Pentecost, which is May 20th, around May 20th. And we really wanted to just look at the Holy Spirit and we just really wanted to just just have that burden and that hunger for more of the Holy Spirit, for more of its presence. Could you get me a hot water, please, babe? Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. And, you know, just as we were worshipping, as we were praying, you know, it was amazing. We had an amazing Easter in the presence of God last weekend. It was an amazing weekend and such a great time. And we just thank the Lord for what he's done. And I'm standing here, and I just want to know, Holy Spirit, where are you ready to go? What is it that you want to say this morning? And right now, I just want you to take this time to be expectant. What was the first song we sang? Come with expectation. Everything abandoned. So right now, church, it's easy to sing these songs. All of those songs are amazing, full of the power of the Holy Spirit. But how often can we just sing them and let it just fall by the wayside? So right now we just say, Holy Spirit, come. Everything within me abandoned. Everything within me abandoned. And this morning, I know that the Holy Spirit is just going to fill people's lives this morning. But do you know what? I'm going to be really honest with you. You'll only be as affected by this morning as you want to be. You'll only receive as much of the Holy Spirit as you want to. Because it is, it's the emptiness and our hunger is what God sees and what he craves. And, that, and if we're thinking about the next thing we're going to do or we're not that interested or we're more interested in having our own little conversation, then this is just going to pass you by. Now, my prayer this morning is it doesn't pass anyone by. My prayer this morning is that each one of us really grasp the Holy Spirit. And in a minute, I'm going to share. Uh, Vicky Blackman's going to just share a testimony in a moment because 
Many of us know her. They were here a few years ago. They left a few years ago to pastor a church in um, Malmesbury. But Nick, he was only my age and he passed away in January. Actually, let me, let's just show the video now and then I'm going to come up after. Hi, Com Church. Um, my name's Vicky Blackman. Um, I was hoping to be able to come and actually speak in person there today, but unfortunately I'm needed in my own church uh, today. So, um, so Sarah asked if I wouldn't mind uh, doing like a 10-minute kind of video testimony. Um, so here I am. So uh, I was, I'm, you, a lot of you may know me. I was married to Nick Blackman, and um, we had the great pleasure of serving in Com Church uh, back in 2010 till about 2013 when we were called away actually by God to, to set up a church over in Wiltshire, which is where we are, where I am right now. Um, sadly, in about June or July, my husband Nick uh, was diagnosed with cancer in his femur. Um, they thought at the time it was a primary, but actually through various tests, they discovered that it wasn't and actually that the, the, the cancer in the bone was actually a secondary. And on the 8th of September, just last year, 2017, um, we, we received a diagnosis and a prognosis from a doctor in Bath Hospital of um, stage four uh, terminal cancer um, with an unknown primary, although a suspected primary of uh, gastric. Uh, when we asked them kind of the prognosis, he said, with chemotherapy, possibly 10 months. Um, and that was kind of all that he gave us, really. And it was, it was a little vague on it. So we decided at that time to actually, we believed the right thing to do was to not go for treatment. And um, so we hit our Bible hard. You know, we really dug into the Word of God. And um, we uh, started battling like I have never battled before. And, um, and we, we, we received a lot of revelation from God during that time. Uh, it was precious actually it was really precious and actually Nick um, if you knew him uh, then you would know that actually he was somebody who lived for the church I mean, he lived not for the church he lived for God and he lived for building God's kingdom wherever that was whatever church he was a part of he literally gave his all and um, and so uh, on many occasions um, you know he would put that first before his family which is the right thing and it was it was definitely it was great and he discipled me in many ways and I, I'm extremely grateful that I got to um, to spend so much time with him, learning from him and how he did church and how he kind of gave his all and, and uh, with this spirit of excellence that he had and so um, so in this time actually this precious time where he was deteriorating his body was getting iller and iller and um, there were more and more physical symptoms um, we did have a journey of discovery with God which was, was precious and he had a journey of discovery with God, which was precious. And, and as committed and as devoted as he was, there was stuff actually that God revealed to him that he had not got right and actually had time to actually get that right and, and kind of um, make amends, which was really, really good. And um, But we, we, we battled really, really hard. And um, throughout that time, we realised that the veil between this realm, this, the physical realm, our world, and the spiritual realm was actually much thinner than we ever realised before. And um, 
kind of go through life thinking, yeah, well, some things are spiritual and some things are physical. But what I learned through this time, what we learned through this time, is actually that, that, it, that the spiritual realm is not just sometimes part of our reality. It is always a part of our reality. And um, there are physical outworkings, but there's also often a spiritual element that needs to be dealt with with every problem that you face and every difficulty that you might be going through. There will be physical stuff that needs to be dealt with, but there's also spiritual stuff that really needs to be dealt with as well. And so as Christians, born-again believers, we need to wake up um, to uh, the Spirit, get in the Spirit. We really need to start walking and living by the Spirit, not led by our emotions, not led by our feelings, but led by the Spirit of God. And um, that was definitely something that we learned throughout this time. And uh, so throughout, as he sort of uh, was journeying through this, uh, his sickness and, and struggling through, he, um, he was determined to get his head around uh, Romans 8. He started to read it. And he really wanted to understand what it was to walk in the spirit and not to live by the flesh because obviously his flesh was crying out his flesh was screaming to him and it was really hard for him to get his mind off of that the difficulty breathing the discomfort the, the difficulty in eating he was really struggling to get his mind off of the flesh and into the spirit just to be devoted or looking to God um, in that time and I think anybody who's suffered with any long-term illness or um, chronic pain will, will identify with that that must be it must be so hard but he was determined. And uh, so he read Romans 8 daily and agonised over it, just kind of, what does it mean, Lord? He just kept asking the question, Lord God, what does it mean to live by your spirit? What does it mean uh, to live by your spirit and not by the flesh? And um, uh, on January the 6th, sadly, he, he did pass on and he went to be with Jesus. And um, But the last words that he said to me uh, were, I've cracked it, that's what he said. He said, I've cracked it. And I said, what, what have you cracked? And he said, I know how to live by the Spirit. And I just said, well, how? Like, well, what have you discovered? And he said, it's, it's, you just submit everything to God. Everything, he said. It's easy. That's what he said. And of course, you know, it is actually that easy. And um, they were great last words. It's really precious that that was the last thing that he said to us. And um, it, it's been a gift to me. And I want to leave it with you guys as a gift also, because you know what? That is how we live by the Spirit. We submit everything to God, everything. We give it all to Him. Everything, our children, our families, our work situations, our problems that we face, our, our difficulties, our fears, our anxieties, our depressions, our ailments, we just submit them into God's hands. And we trust God, we choose to trust him. And you know what, I've had to do that every day since. And um, I have to say, this could have been a lot harder. Um, and going through uh, the grief and the mourning and the, the sorrow, um, it could have been a lot harder. But you know what, I've submitted to God every day, my life back into his hands. I yeah. said, Lord God, I don't understand everything. But you know what, I trust you. I trust you with my everything. And... Um, and that's what I'm doing. And I want to encourage you, I want to leave you with this encouragement, really, that, um, that you start to think about whether you are living by the Spirit or whether you're actually living by the flesh. Are you being led by your emotions? Or are you being led by the Spirit of God? Are you, are you so caught up with how you feel that you can't hear what God is saying? Um, and so I want to encourage you to actually really think that through and really pray and ask God, you know what, help me to live by the Spirit. Help me to submit everything to you, Lord God. And just choose to do that, you know. Um, I believe as a body, as, as Christ's body, 
um, across the globe, you know, internationally, we have um, fed our flesh for way too long. You know, we watch films, we listen to music, we read books, and all of the stuff that we read or watch or listen to, the places we go and the people we hang out with, they'll often be feeding our flesh and our fleshly desires, the lusts of the flesh and the, you know, the temptations and um, all of those things. They're just feeding our carnality, they're feeding our temporal state. And yet, we very rarely f- spend time feeding our spirits. You know, we come to church on a Sunday and, and then we'll go away and, and, and we'll feed our flesh all week and then we'll come back on a Sunday. Well, I want to encourage you to really start feeding your spirit more than your flesh, to start taking time to maybe not watch TV in the evening, especially if it's just, you know, going to make you think things that aren't great or, or take your mind to a place that it shouldn't be and distract you from God's purposes and plans for your life. But actually to get into God's word, you know, it's just so full of um, treasure. It's full of treasure. It's full of his heart for you. And, um, and so, you know, read the word, get into worship, use the weapons of warfare that you have. Put on the full armour of God and um, start walking in the spirit and, and, and uh, walking in the fullness of salvation, that which Christ won for us on the cross that we just celebrated, you know. Um, so I, I'll leave you with that, you know. Submit everything to God. It's easy. It really is. Submit everything to God. That's how you walk by the Spirit. So be blessed this morning. Um, Thanks for listening. (laughs) Bye. Amen. Isn't that amazing? Good to see how it impacted. I've got my two wonderful, handsome assistants. And I just want you... Nathan, if you can go right to the end there and almost disappear a little bit. And I hope you can see this rope here. Oh, it's stuck on something. Never mind. So I just want you to imagine that this represents eternity. Let me stand it up. There we go. This represents eternity. Hold it up. Thank you. Now, you know, as we heard there, Nick's last few conversations, and he was saying right at the end, he said, I've got it. I've cracked it. It's about submitting everything to God. It's about giving everything over to him. And what I know about Nick is that wasn't too late for him, because actually, I don't think I met anyone more surrendered to God than Nick anyway. But the fact is, I know that because that was his last conversation and that was their testimony, it's going to still affect people now. And I hope today that those last words will still impact you. So Nathan, if you can just hold it right to the very end. And you imagine this long line is eternity. Now, if I were to tie a tiny little knot. Of all that eternity, this represents your life right there. Can you see how compared to right over there, right over there, but remembering that eternity by definition has no beginning and it has no end. And then there's your tiny little life. Thank you, boys. Just drop it there. The Bible says in James 4, 14, that our life is but a vapor. Did you see that? Did you see how quickly it was there and how quickly it disappeared? That's you. Oh, there goes me. Oh, 
There goes Nathan. That's it. Oh, that smells nice. That's it. That is life. Life is but a vapour and a mist. And it says, so why do we go around saying, well, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that, and I'm going to do the other? No, it says, we say, if the Lord wills, we will do this, we will do that, we will do the other. And a life by the Spirit, completely submitted, completely surrendered to God. And why I showed that demonstration is because what happens in that tiny little knot area, what happens in that vapour mist area, determines where you spend the rest of eternity. It depends where and how you spend the rest of eternity. If you don't know Jesus Christ this morning, we're a church that believes that there is heaven and there is hell. And the only way to heaven is through Jesus Christ. And so what that decision we make in that tiny little knot determines where we live forever. There's a fantastic series by John Bevere called Driven by Eternity. And and again, I'm going to give you loads of things where I hope you'll go and look into it yourself. Because when you start thinking eternally, when you start thinking with a mind submitted completely to God, the everyday stuff does seem so much less important. Now, it screams at you. Don't let me fool you into thinking that I float through life going, I'm just thinking eternally, so it's all great. No, because as soon as you start to decide to think about things eternally, all the annoying fleshy things will come and shout at you in your head. And people will annoy you and you'll remember that to live by the flesh means you can be offended and you can be cross and you can be off with them. And remembering that living by the Spirit means you need to forgive them and you need to let it go. And that, you know, as soon as you decide, right, I'm going to live by the Spirit, it will be tempted and there will be things in your way. But as Vicky said there, we are spiritual beings. You know, Philippians 3.20 says that we are citizens of heaven, okay? I don't know, we've got such an amazing, wonderful, diverse church here. And so I wonder how many of you had to go through some sort of citizenship course or had to pay a lot of money, had to go through some hoops to become a citizen of the UK. Now, on the day that you accepted Jesus Christ, you were no longer an earthly citizen. You became a citizen of heaven. So the heaven is where we live. Heaven is our home. We're visiting the earth. I just want that to sink in right now. We are visiting this time, this space, this earth. This is just a visit. We are spiritual beings You know, now there is a saying that you can be so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. But I I think at the minute we're all right, because I think our feet are so firmly planted on the ground, I think we'll we'll be okay. So I kind of just want to introduce you to the spiritual side. And that there is a spiritual side to each one of us, whether we believe it or not, whether we activate it or not, there is a spiritual side to each one of us. And I hope over this next season, we're going to be looking are all different facets of life by the Spirit. You know, we were talking about it in creative and, and you know, and it was really hard to, to just get past the, at first, I was like, it's not just about the gifts of the Spirit. Because when you talk about the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, life by the Spirit, it's really easy to talk about the gifts, healing, prophecy, laying on of hands, tongues, all of this. And all of that is fantastic. And we will be speaking about that as well. But it's not just that. And it's not just the fruits of the Spirit, although again, fantastic, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. 
if we evoked a lot of the fruit of the Spirit, we wouldn't need a lot of the other stuff. Just saying. If we evoked and actually had the fruit. So how do you get a fruit? The fruit, it just comes by, doesn't it? It's not something you muster up. It, it shows because that's what's inside you. Uh, you know, a fruit is just something that appears because of a way that you're acting or living. That's what the fruit is. And that's why it says, doesn't it, that the, the people will be, uh, the, ch- the church will be known by its fruit. What fruit am I producing today? What is the fruit that really other people see? And my hunger and my desire now is that actually it will just be the fruits of the Spirit. And if someone at the end of their life can say, it's about fully submitting to God. How much more when, you know, although we said we don't know, none of us know that we've got tomorrow, but why there's breath in our lungs? How about we all just say, God, we fully submit to you. We've got time. We've got that moment. We've got today. And let's fully submit that to you this morning. And church, I want to encourage you that life by the Spirit, you know, there's scripture after scripture about the body of Christ. Can I tell you, it's not just down to the leaders of Com Church or the leaders of any other church to just be filled with the Spirit and to be praying for people. It's for every single one of us that are a believer, every single one of us that are born again. If you are a born again believer and you submit your life to Jesus Christ and you ask for the gift of the Holy Spirit, right? let me go back there, it's a gift, okay? You can't earn it. You can't buy it. It's a gift, a gift that is freely given. And I want to encourage you to go and read and really read and study Romans 8 and then follow all the funny little concordance bits that it will take you off to the other paths about where it speaks about the Holy Spirit. It's a gift. And you know, church, as as Christians, we need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. We cannot walk this life without it. You know, Romans 8 starts with, therefore, there is no condemnation. There is no condemnation. Because as we heard last week, as we heard at the Easter story, the same power that rose Jesus Christ from the dead, he raises us from the dead. And all throughout, all throughout um, Romans 8, it talks about how We can now be dead. We can now make the flesh dead. (laughs) We don't have to live by the flesh because we're not, that's not what rules us. That's not what reigns. And I love that. We are transformed by the Holy Spirit. And let me tell you, church, we can do our good works. You know, we've, we've laid out our vision with the train tracks. And we can do our good works, but without the power, it's worth nothing. Without us being connected to the Holy Spirit and the power, all those good works are what is dust. They mean nothing. They achieve nothing. They do nothing. We might be well thought of. People might think we're nice. People might think we're kind. And it's good to do all of those things. None of those things are bad. But do you know what, church? Do you know when my heart breaks is that when someone that really just needs the Holy Spirit, just, you just can see there are some people, whether it's through a mental health issue, whether it's through they're so broken about a past relationship, or there's, there's just something. 
You know, how many Bible stories in the New Testament where people would bring the very sick to Jesus and they would be healed? Church, I want to see that more in Com Church. I want to see that more outside of Com Church. I want to see that. You know, it says about Peter, and I love this. You know, Peter was full then of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, and he preached, and over 3,000 were added. But that's not the bit that excites me. The bit that excites me is that people wanted to just get near his shadow so that they could feel the Holy Spirit, be healed, so they could receive from God. They just, just his shadow. Church, imagine turning up to your work on Monday or your school or your college or the supermarket and your shadow causes mayhem behind you in the Holy Spirit. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? You know, and it's just, there's a real hunger within me. You know, people here, you know, and they've told me stories and they work with children that are so, well, they're so poorly, but they're so, they're so mentally ill that they will never see the light of day because they're a danger to themselves and a danger to society. Through no fault of their own, that's just what's happened. Now, church, my heart breaks that I... Do I have the faith that I could go and that my shadow would heal that child? Church, that's that's the hunger I want to breed in you today. That we are so full of the Holy Spirit. That we are so passionate about taking as many people to heaven as we can that our very being in a room messes it up. That our very being there causes the demons within someone to shake. Because let me tell you, there's a generation that are covered in them. They're covered. You know, we spoke about Ephesians 6, the full armour of God. Let me tell you, church, whether you like it or not, you are in a spiritual battle. Whether we like it or not, we're in a fight. And today, church, I want to say that as Com Church, for this next season, we're picking a fight. We're picking a fight against the powers of darkness and we're saying no more. No more are you going to rule over our young people and our children in Dunstable and in the surrounding areas. We're picking a fight, but it needs each one of us. It needs each one of us to say, do you know what? I want to do my part. So you go and read Ephesians 6 and you go and see what it means to put the helmet of salvation. So all of your thoughts are covered by salvation. All of your thoughts You know, we can capture every thought. Did you know that? We can capture every thought and we can make it captive. And we can choose to go with it or we can choose to throw it away. I love that. You know, many of you that know me know I bang on all the time about Caroline Leaf, Dr. Caroline Leaf. She's a neuroscientist and she does amazing stuff about neuroplasticity, which means your brain can be changed by your mind. I want to explain that a bit, but your brain is the physical. So there's no doubt that people with depression, there's no doubt that people that have been in accidents, there's no doubt that people with illnesses, it will show up on a brain scan. 
But what she has shown and what she's been proving over years and years and years is that your mind, your thoughts, can change the physicality of a brain. Amen? Now, what is even more exciting is that we have the power of the Holy Spirit. So we don't have to just be doing that on our own. We have the power of the Holy Spirit that says, and we can say, Holy Spirit, you know, give me self-control. Holy Spirit, give me. What was it? You have not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Let's, let's really get to grips with those scriptures. Why? Why are more children now, today, diagnosed with mental health issues than ever before? Why are there 10 and 11-year-olds with depression? Why? It's not right. It's not on. It's not fair. And that's why as the church, we can feed and clothe and do those things. That's great. But the world does that. And sometimes the world does it better. We can do those things and we are going to do those things because that is good. But church, we've got something. We've got access to something that nobody else has. We've got access to the true power, power working Holy Spirit. And I don't know how it's going to play out. I don't know what God's going to do. I don't know what the Holy Spirit's going to do. But all I want to get into you today is just to say... I'm in. I'm ready. Holy Spirit, use me. Make my shadow powerful. Make my shadow effective. And this morning, that's just all I wanted is just to share that heart. And it happens by fully surrendering to God, by completely submitting everything to Him and saying, not my will, but yours. And it's that choice. And you know, so Caroline Leaf also says, do you know, that it takes about 63 days to make a habit, to habitualize something, to automatize something. And so it's choice. Every second, every millisecond, every day, you might have to choice, do I live by flesh or do I live by spirit? Do I choose what I want or do I choose what you want? Do you know what, church? It's going to take time and it will take effort. And it will take reading the Word of God to know what is the spirit choice, what is the flesh choice. And it will take time. But I'm believing that if we stick to that for 63 days, wouldn't it be amazing if it became habit? Wouldn't it be amazing if that's just who we were? If that's just who we are? That, that instantly in any conversation, in anything, we just instantly had that check-in station with the Spirit. We instantly just said, Holy Spirit, which way? Over anything, over anything large, over anything small, Holy Spirit, which way? And church, I just want to encourage you. It might be tough sometimes, and it might be countercultural, and everyone around you might be screaming at you, what are you doing? That doesn't make sense. You know, the young people of today that are now waiting to get married before they buy a house, you'll be called ridiculous. You'll be called stupid. You'll be called foolish. But we know, don't we, that when we put God first, when you seek first his kingdom, then all these other things are added, yeah? Or to that person that's going to stay in that marriage, 
even though there might not be love. But they stay in that marriage because they know the eternal consequences are worse than maybe the lack of a feeling now. But can I tell you, that's not the end of the story because God restores. God can put back love where there was not love. But that's a choice. That's a really hard, God, I choose that I'm going to stay in this marriage even though no one around me would think anything of it if I left. But I'm going to stay because you've called me to stay. I'm going to ask you, God, where do you want me? What do you want my future to be? Where do you want me to go? The next job, the next big situation, God, show me. Reveal your plan. Your plan is more important to me than any plan I've got. And it's coming to that point where we completely surrender everything to God. So church, let's stand together. Let's stand and this morning we can just say, Holy Spirit, I completely surrender to you. And you know, if you don't want to, you'll probably still go to heaven. You'll have just missed one heck of a ride on the way. It's not going to affect your salvation. But man, who wants to just be a boring Christian? I want to know that the demons tremble when I wake up in the morning. I want to know that actually someone stuck in a horrible state is set free because the Holy Spirit in me is just leaking out. (laughs) It's just leaking out. So as we go back into worship, let's just say, Holy Spirit, just come. Holy Spirit, move. Holy Spirit, just do your thing. No, I want to tell you on April the 22nd, we've got the lovely Ted's album launch, which we're really excited about. And in the morning, we've got some wonderful guests coming, Velveeta and Steve Thompson. And our church, I want you to be here because they're going to share their testimony. Now, Velveeta was taken into a coma last August. And it's not only amazing about her testimony of how, where she is today, but also where she went during that coma. And I want you to hear it. So they're here on the morning of the 22nd of April in the morning services. And I want you to book that time out because church, we are living eternally. The here and the now, it just matters so little. It's about the eternal. And that's why I wanted you to hear what Nick had said because Nick was right on the brink. We experienced it with Pastor Doug. Right on the brink, we saw the veil so thin between heaven and earth. It's real. Heaven is real. Stuart Feban shared about his brother too in the last moments of death. He was like, I can't do anything to prepare you guys. I can't do anything to make it better for you, but I know I'm going to a great place. And there was no fear. Church, whether we like it or not, even if we live to 150... It will be gone. It will be gone like that. Even if we live the longest life, that's all we have. I want to make my count. I want to make it count. Amen. Thanks for listening to Comchurch Talks. We'd love to hear from you and you're welcome to any of our Sunday services or midweek comms. For more information or to contact us, please visit www.comchurch.org.uk or find us on Facebook 
God bless you.